0: Thank you. Good. Oh, oh, it is on. Okay. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Good, I'm guessing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I get the honor to welcome you to church this morning. So, welcome to this place. We are excited to see your faces and to have you here this morning. Um, Here at First Church, our mission is to lift up. And we get to do that in a variety of ways in our service and in the way that we interact with each other outside of this place. Um, So this week is Thanksgiving, and I don't know about you, but it forces me to kind of naturally think about the things that I'm thankful for. And a lot of times I think of this place. This place has been a special place of church for me. I didn't grow up in San Diego, so when I come to When I came to college, I naturally started getting plugged in, and this is a place that has shaped what church has looked like for me. And in a lot of ways, it's through the worship that is sung, the words that we get to sing together, but also the people that I've gotten to meet through this place. And so I'm going to say a prayer for us, and while I'm praying, I would encourage you to think about the ways that this place has felt like church for you, the ways that you Get to interact with people who are different than you the ways that you get to find spaces that you're thankful and get to interact in the community around you because of the things that you've seen in this place so i'm going to pray for us and then we'll continue on with singing god thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be together in this place for us to learn together alongside each other to know more about who you are in this place but in the world around us the ways that our faces get to reflect who you are beyond these walls i'm thankful for the songs that we get to sing and the ways that we get to interact with your presence not only because we have come into these walls but because you are present with our lives outside of this place God, thank you so much for the ways that you get to invite us into your story into the ways that we get to partner with you in this big picture of what it looks like to love you and to love others around us. I pray that you continue to provide spaces for us to find you, not only here in this place, but beyond these walls and the ways that we get to serve you through the people that we interact with, but also the ways that you have called us to be your people. We pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks Lexi. Good morning everybody. If you're able, let's stand together. Let's sing. Sing with
2: me. In the morning.
3: Give me Jesus You can have all this world Give me Jesus
1: Oh Lord, we come before you this morning May our minds be fixed on You and You alone, Jesus. In
3: the morning, when I rise. In the morning.
1: what god has for you today there's many ways in which we can actively worship or we can passively worship and today i want you to be encouraged to enter this time of worship with body soul and mind that we would meditate on who jesus is let's sing i could just sit i could just sit and wait for hope to feel your presence I could just say I could just say here where hope to feel you hope to feel
3: something again
1: lord your people we are yours sing
4: i can hold on
1: invite Diane Anderson to come read for us as we continue our worship. be to God. Thanks, Diane. Let me invite you to be seated for a moment. It's good to be with you all today. If you don't know, um, our church practices, um, following a church calendar, a liturgical calendar. And today is actually a big day, uh, in the church calendar. It is Christ the King Sunday. Um, and what that, I, I actually didn't grow up in a Nazarene church, so, or any church that followed church liturgy. Um, so, this is actually a very new concept to me to have a f- single day um, to kind of acknowledge uh, the kingship of Christ. As that's been something that I've done like every time that I've come to church, as we kind of always will be reminded of the lyrics that we sing and the scripture that we read of the kingship of Christ. But I actually find that there is a unique, opportunity before us today, um, that we are guided by our church calendar, and our church calendar is asking us, before we go into Advent, um, to focus on the kingship of Christ. And we acknowledge Jesus in many different ways, as Messiah, as our Savior, as our friend, Emmanuel, God with us. But today, I want to just invite you into the meditation of what the kingship of Christ means for us. Now, I live and grow in a society that shapes who I am. It is the culture around me that I grew up in Visalia, that I'm here and I went to school in San Diego. And I think in many ways, I embody kingship of other things in my life. I embody what music does for me, I embody and I'm so sorry to say this, but what the Chargers do, the Los Angeles Chargers, I know it's a sore subject here, but if anyone knows me, they know that I'm shaped by my fandom of the Chargers. Um, And that shows, it actually exudes out of me. And so I want us to think about how do we embody the kingship of Christ? How do we embody living in a kingdom ruled and governed by Christ? We live today in a society where we're ruled and governed by people, by culture, by trends, by practices that keep us more efficient, that helps us um, to do our jobs better, that helps us to be better coworkers, friends, family members. And so in many ways, all those motives shape our identity. And today I want you to think about what are the ways in which the kingship of Christ is motivating your identity. What are the ways in which Christ rules and governs with grace and love that you embody, that exudes out of you, that people know that, yes, your king is Christ. And so we're gonna take a moment of silent reflection for you, for us as a church, to think about the ways in which we want to and the ways that we should embody the kingship of Christ.
2: Jesus, you are my King. You are my King. Jesus, you
3: are my King. You are my King.
1: If you're able together, let's stand this morning and proclaim these words. Let Jesus be the ruler of our lives.
3: You are my King. You are my King. Jesus, you.
1: Deserving of all praise, we join with creation and sing. Every nation bows. Down. Every nation bows down. Joining with heaven's sound,
4: singing all Hallelujah.
1: amen. Now, before I let you be seated, let us continue the tradition of passing the peace of Christ to one another. Go and do so.
5: Good morning and welcome to San Diego First Church. So glad to be with you this morning. As we gather back together, would love for us to pray over our children as we uh, dismiss them into the service.
6: Read with me, please. This, this is, is my prayer, prayer for you, our children, children that your love, love may abound more, more and more in knowledge and depth that. of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the the glory glory and praise praise of God.
5: Amen. All right. I'll be right over. Don't have too much fun without me. (laughs) So good to be with you this morning. Uh, Just a few things that I want for you to know about uh, in the life of our church. The first is this. We'd love for you to let us know that you're here. So we've got this wonderful QR code that you can use your smartphone, hover it over, or It's in your bulletin. Uh, It's a simple Google form. It just asks your name. If you would like to give us more information than that, email address. If you have any prayer requests, this is a great way for you to confidentially um, give that prayer request to your pastoral staff so we can pray over you. Uh, So go ahead, do that as we talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Great.
6: If you signed up to bring a donation for our Thanksgiving food drive, that is a partnership that we do with Southeast San Diego, where we collect the food for their community Thanksgiving meal that they put on every year. Today is the day for them to be turned in, all of those food donations. So if you haven't yet brought them to me, you can bring them to the children's building at any time this morning, and we will happily cross your name off the board. You've completed your job. Thank you so much to all of you who contributed to that. It's a wonderful thing that we do each year.
5: With Thanksgiving comes the beginning of our Advent season, and we've got a lot of events that are taking place over this Advent season. In the back at our information center, we have one of these awesome cards that outlines all that's taking place in the next month or so. We'd love for you to pick it up. You can easily put it on your fridge. It's got all the dates and times, locations for what's going on. Uh, The first kind of out of the gate is on December 4th, and that is our Joyful Sounds of Christmas. It's uh, a time where we get to hear Victor and the choir and an orchestra play Christmas music for us. There's two services at 9 and at 10.30, and both of those services are located in the Family Life Center. Uh, There is other, uh, the Messiah will be in here later that evening, so it will be set up for the Messiah. But that morning, 9 or 10.30, all of that takes place in the Family Life Center. We'd love for you to join us for that. Also, if you need to pass out a uh, remind yourself of that event, we've got little uh, cards for you to take to uh, your house or to give to others.
6: Another one of the very exciting things that's happening around our church this in- coming December um, is another women's ministry event. And I'm so excited to be able to tell you about this. Um It is a favorite things exchange. Um, Shannon Heffernan has done an excellent job of putting on all of our women's events this past year, and they are lovely. You do not want to miss this. If you're a woman of any age, you are welcome to join us. You bring one of your favorite things to share with someone else, and then you get to leave with a list of all everybody's favorite things that is in attendance. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a wonderful time. It'll be right through those doors at the fireside over there. It'll be nice and cozy on December 17th, starting at 7 p.m. All ladies are welcome. Please come.
5: We also have our children's musical coming up and that will be December 11th. Yes, children's musical. It's gonna be an awesome time. This will be, uh, the Brown Chapel will be filled with kids and their families and watching the hard work that Rihanna and Jordan have been putting into these kids and into this musical. We'd love for you to join us for that event.
6: Following that event immediately afterwards, um, our new marketplace, we did this last year, The CAF has graciously offered us a great deal for us to be able to go and celebrate, do our little after-party after church following the musical. Um, If you would like to join us for that, we would love to have you. I will be selling our marketplace vouchers, is what I call them, in the back of Brown after service this morning. Um, Adults are $11. Children, 4 plus are $6. We would love to have you come with us. It's very fun after the musical.
5: As we continue in worship, we'd love for you to join with us as we listen to our choir this morning. And we will be inviting you to join us in our
7: final verse of Holy, Holy, Holy. <laughs>
0: from Colossians 1 9 to 20. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might
7: the firstborn over all creation. For him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church,
8: Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Connie and the choir and all of you who for a few moments became a choir and thought you were really, really good in that moment. Because I think we were. I think we sounded really good. My name is Dee. I'm one of the pastors here. It is a privilege week after week to join with you in community and to dig into God's Word together and explore what God might be saying to us, in us, through us. And so this passage in Colossians is um, the place where we'll dig in this morning. What a wonderful little letter, and jam-packed. Wow, it is some piece of literature that I just am amazed by. And so it talks about, as Austin said um, during the earlier sermon that he gave, the um, (laughs) supremacy of Christ, Christ the King Sunday, um, and uh, he selected a wonderful picture that um, looks out into outer space, which is one of the things that I think reminds us of the majesty of God, the glory of creation, and how all things hold together. And I don't understand how they all hold together, but pictures like this remind me. Now, I don't know if this is from the New James Webb Space Telescope that took three decades to get up into space, and I know it cost a lot of money. Or if this is from the Hubble, one that is its kind of predecessor, or a combination of the two. But if you haven't seen some of the pictures that are coming back from that telescope, they are incredible. There is a um, a, a, a section that's in Flickr, and if you don't know what Flickr is, I don't know, I can't explain it to you, but (laughs) it's a place where you can see some of these pictures. There's a spot on NASA, uh, nasa nasa.gov, that you can get to that shows some of these. And the resolution, the insights, scientists submitted proposals of where they would like to focus the telescope to foster their research. And those proposals came in, I guess, by the hundreds and peer-reviewed to determine whose preferences were going to be selected as to where this thing was going to look into space and send back pictures and resolutions. It's incredible. And I don't know what you feel when you see some of these pictures that come back, but I think, wow, this is so much bigger than I ever thought. So much more amazing. How, how did the scientists know that this is a dying star and what a dying star looks like as opposed to a forming star? When they're looking at the way nebulae come together, and, and the theories that they have about what this tells us concerning creation itself. How they say stay suspended in space, but not suspended at all in constant motion. A motion that seems chaotic and random and yet follows very specific principles. And, and what we dub as mathematical formulas but just part of the way this universe was put together. Just moments like that, and I just... Ah. And then I get distracted because I've got I to vacuum the living room, you know, and I can't think about those things because I've got to take care of what's right in front of me right now. I, f- I feel a little bit... Um, Well, uh, uh, there's so much in this passage. Uh, Austin spoke about the, and I'm so glad he did, the, the ways by which we try and follow a series of Scripture readings. This practice, not every church does it, and that's absolutely okay, but it's a practice that's followed by many different faith traditions. And if I could give you just a couple more details in addition to what Austin said, that each week, there is a listing of four passages out of our sacred word that takes us into, over the course of three years, all the different genres and areas of Old Testament and New Testament. Four readings that are suggested that we should consider on a Sunday morning or maybe make them part of our reading for a week. We've done this for years. We don't say much about it, but every week, one of these, almost every week, one of these four passages becomes the text. And so Colossians comes out of one of the four readings for this week. Four readings a week over the course of three years, and then if you just took one per week, that would give you the possibility of following through this over the course of 12 years. I say all that to say that I'm inviting you into a journey of faith. We just are, this morning, completing the third year. A, B, and C are the years. It's a very creative moniker system of naming three different years. And we are just finishing year C with this Sunday. And so there's this beautiful notion that Christ the King Sunday is in some ways this culmination of this journey together to celebrate the supremacy of Christ, the beautiful way in which all things are created and are held together by the one who created them. And so this becomes not only Christ the King Sunday, yes, it is though the culmination of our readings and our pursuit and our studies. Next week, we start again in year A. We're going to, during the Advent season, look at the Isaiah passages that will be our selection of the four that are offered. But here's my invitation. We're gonna do some things as a church, I hope, that will make this accessible to everyone and inviting to everyone. I would like us to be on a journey over the course of the next three years together, where every week together, we're considering all four of the readings together. A gospel reading causes us to dig a little bit deeper into a specific gospel. The epistle reading that comes from one of the letters or areas other than the gospel. A psalm reading and another Old Testament reading, often from the first five books of the Bible, but sometimes a prophetic writing. And that will let you know what those readings are. And if regular devotions are part of your life, that you might weave these four readings in. Little reminders of um, where you can go to dig a little bit deeper if you'd like to. But to be reading, studying, and growing together and on Sunday morning, bringing some of that together and talking about where it takes us on this journey of faith. I, I love that often we look for the distillation of things that summarize our faith if you just had 1 minute one sentence one scripture to talk about your faith journey what might it be collectively in this era the one that is often referenced and held up as signs at football games is john 3:16 And it is a powerful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. What a gift. This is like the cosmos and God's grace in a single verse that helps us to understand God's great love toward us. But it is fair to ask... Well, what then? Well, we need to read the rest of the Gospel of John to find out how then do we live. This wonderful message of salvation, oh Lord, forgive me, I accept your grace. Mold my life. Well, now let's dig into the rest of it and find how this teaches us to be faithful followers, partners with Christ in the reconciliation work that Christ does so that all things might be reconciled. So, we begin with a very soft opening next week. For year A starts, we do some Isaiah readings, but let's target the grand opening to be January 8th, where we begin to articulate the ways in which we study together, grow together, learn together, and find ourselves transformed by how God's speaking through each other, through God's Word, through God's Spirit. And so instead of looking at this this morning as an ending, I'd like to remind us that it's our starting point as well. All things held together in Christ, reconciled through Christ, created by Christ. Paul and Timothy are listed as those who are authoring this letter and send off a note to the church at Colossae, and they said, we've heard about you from Epaphras, who has kind of been our representative and has shared with us that, You have just produced amazing fruit in your life. And since we heard about that, we've been praying for you all the time. What a great attribute. I hope I learned from Paul and Timothy. We've been praying for you all the time. Praying that you might increase in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. I like those three. Wisdom and knowledge and understanding, but don't think that just means from the shoulders up. This is like I'm an all-in kind of an approach to faith. My body, my heart, my head, this is asking us to engage completely in the work of Christ. And then he says a statement that I have to tell you in verse 10, oh, I just don't even know how to handle it. It makes me uncomfortable. Not like I, I don't like it. It's that I don't know how it's possible. We are praying that you might live a life worthy of Christ. What? I am sorry, Paul. This is a difficult statement you're making. It's, it's kind of like somebody who says, you know, I've heard that um, it's really, really important to have the characteristic of humility. Humility is very important in this journey of ours. Do you consider yourself humble? Well, I certainly do. <laughs> Somehow that response just kind of negates what you just said, maybe, I think. And here it feels a similar kind of way that to feel like we are worthy of Christ just somehow by saying that undermined the whole notion of grace. Grace is the notion that I am completely unworthy, that it's only by God's grace and God's love that I live at it all. It's only by grace that somehow in this incredible cosmos, in a, a star that is not nearly as bright as any one of the ones we see out in the distance, or most of them, in a tiny planet that circles around that sun in a relatively small patch of land, In a corner of that continent, in a small neighborhood, out on a peninsula, that Christ would love and care enough for us. I don't feel worthy of that kind of grace. So I have to believe Paul is saying oh if we will live in that space of grace grateful patient asking that somehow God's holiness might be imputed to us that somehow we might then begin to be transformed still by God's grace into people that exemplify this kingdom of heaven. Maybe that would then be an answer to Paul's prayer on behalf of the church at Colossae, and thus on behalf of us. The passage then moves from there to this phrase after phrase after phrase after phrase of descriptions of Christ, each one of which merit a chapter in a book. One of the common comments of those who write about passages that I love to study and look at, one of the most common ones is, do not try to unpack this passage in one Sunday morning. (laughs) If you'd like, take a season of Sundays or go on a spiritual retreat with some people and then maybe at the end of the retreat culminate with some summary of it, but there is so much in here. might be worth just dwelling on in your quiet time. A phrase at a time. The majesty of this creator, creation held together. It reminds me of the beautiful hymn at the beginning of the gospel of John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, but without him was not anything made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. I've said it before, fairly recently, that that hymn at the beginning of John 1 seems to be taken right out of the opening of Scriptures in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. Here we have a statement that Christ is the image of, of the invisible God. The powerful statement that God, invisible, looks like Jesus who came and dwelt among us. The firstborn of all creation And the creator of all creation, the Christ, the one who lived among us and then offers us life itself. We come to the end of the passage, and it talks about reconciliation coming through Jesus, who makes peace? I was the last born in my family. I've often referred to myself as the uh, the peacemaker in my family. I'm not sure that that's actually accurate. I think I was probably the conflict avoider in my family, <laughs> and as a result, I was um, not so much a peacemaker as a peacekeeper. Learning how to avoid the missteps my sister made (laughs) so that I wouldn't suffer the consequences that my sister made. I was a quick learner in that regard, but I also knew the moments that family tensions created um, certain characteristics in our family. My family tended to go very quiet during family tension time. I'm not sure when my parents resolved the conflict, to be honest. They just didn't do it in front of us. But you could tell when there was a conflict happening. There was no conversation going on in the car. Mealtime could be rather quiet. There weren't many of them, but I knew when it was taking place. Here we have not peacekeeping, not conflict-avoiding. We have the phrase, peacemaking. The task, the work of making peace. This is the work of Christ, and we're invited into the process, the work of peacemaking. Wow, we have a task to do. This celebration of all that Christ has done and is doing, we're invited into the process of the reconciliation of all things through peacemaking. Can you imagine a characteristic that's more needed today in the church, in the community, in the country, between people, between people groups, I'm going to suggest a radical way by which we might begin or continue the process of peacemaking. And I'm giving you an assignment this week. I have looked at, as I've obviously said, many of these pictures. And one of the things that sometimes they try and focus in on is, is there a place you can focus that is just empty space Because there are so many gazillion stars out there. And they try and focus periodically into empty space. Now, the vast expanse between stars is tough to tell from here, but it's space upon space upon space upon space. Last week I had a chance to uh, go out into the middle of nowhere. It was so fun to be nowhere. I took so many wrong turns on a little four-wheel ATV vehicle that the person who was in the vehicle behind me trying to keep up with me and was watching the Polaris app that has every trail imaginable to humans on it caught up and he said, I just want you to know this is nowhere on anything I can find. We are nowhere, but we're here. And it was wonderful. In some ways, it felt like I was having the greatest time wasting time. We're hitting a holiday weekend. I know some of you have to work through some of this, but many of you do not. It is a time where sometimes we just waste a little bit of time. One of the greatest characteristics of friendships is to be with somebody and waste time with them. I am always working for a supervisor or working with my coworkers. I'm always on task. I'm always doing things. Sometimes that's the case at home when I have the long to-do list to accomplish. There is a characteristic of what it means to waste time with someone if the invitation is to enter into relationship with Christ I sometimes think that the training ground for peacemaking is maybe to waste some time with Christ. No agenda, no productivity, nothing to check off your list. What would it look like this week where you do have maybe a little time that's been set aside if you just imagined the invitation training ground to peacemaking is to just waste a little time with the one who's created space for you. Vast amounts of space where you can get off the trail, off the paved road, and say, oh God, bring peace in me that maybe then I might know how to be a peacemaker outside of me. Because if I can't find peace in me, how can I ever be a peacemaker? So Matt, will you lead us to the table of grace? Or we might just pause and take up space With Christ the King, our Creator.
5: It is Christ who holds all things together. It is Christ who, as King, conquered all sin and death in his resurrection. And unlike earthly kings and leaders who conquest by force, who use strength to overpower, our king is the one who conquered by sacrifice, who gave out of love and invites us to make peace because Christ has made peace on our behalf. And we are invited to live That life of love. So Christ has prepared a table for us to celebrate that conquest, to celebrate that love that we are invited into, that we are invited not only to hold because Christ first loved us, and not just us as our perfect selves that we polish and put on Front Street, but all of the stuff that is hidden, that is ugly, that Christ so loved all of us, every part. It is that, it is us, our whole selves that are invited to the table. And as the servers come forward, I would love to remind you that here at our church, we celebrate communion in an open fashion. You don't need to be a member as a part of this church. We're going to have servers at each of the aisles and you just come on forward as you find fit. There's no pressure. There's no expectation. There's no one in the back counting. You get to come as you find fit to Christ's table. So no matter if you are one who loves God or if you're one who wants to Love more. No matter if you are one who is solid and firm, having all faith, or if you are somebody who has very little faith. If you are one who comes to this table often, or it's been a while since you've come. This table is open for all. Servers.
2: I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire
5: On the night that Christ was betrayed, he was with his disciples, having a meal. And he took a very simple, common piece of bread. He took it and he blessed it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body, broken for you. Eat in remembrance of me. Likewise, Christ took a cup. He said, This is my blood poured out for you, which is the forgiveness of sins. Drink. In this, we proclaim the mystery of faith that Christ has come, Christ is with us, and Christ the King will come again. As we continue on into worship, let us consider Christ the King.
1: Let's stand together, sing these last words of worship.
8: as a culmination of all that we have read and studied and as a starting point for all that is yet to come, may Christ's sustaining power sustain you. May Christ's love and grace flow through you. And may Christ as King rule in your hearts that we might, along with Christ, Be peacemakers wherever God takes us. And may this week include some time wasted with friends, family, and your creator. Go in God's peace. God be with you.